Today's episode of the Sleepers Podcast is brought to you by us. I'm Greg Waddell. That's Carter Elliott. Carter, it looks like you've got a very tasty-looking beverage in your hand right now. What do you got? Uh, just straight iced coffee. You already know how it goes. Big B, of course. Nice. I appreciate that. I have a, a Big B competitor redacted cup today. Um, we're, we're big redacted people on the show. Also, I just want to know my chest hair is doing numbers for those that are watching this on the YouTube channel right now. I just want to make that known. Okay. I didn't try to wear like the deep cut shirt, but now all of a sudden I'm looking at myself on camera on a Thursday and realizing I'm wearing a deep cut shirt and the chest hair is doing numbers. Double, double machine. We have a lot to get to today. Uh, energy is through the roof this morning. As you can see, we uh, are going to respond to 25 comments from the YouTube channel. Reminder that is going to go away relatively soon. Uh, we are going to respond solely to people on our Discord every single episode, 100% of the time, starting in about a week and a half. The Discord continues to grow, by the way. A flurry yeah. of people joining last night, Cart. Uh, strength in numbers is a thing, I would say. And I feel like we got some strength on the Sleepers Discord right now. 100%. I think that there is some uh, hashtag momentum gaining with the Discord. So if you want to get in now, I, I highly suggest it. Reminder that the Discord will give you the ability to chat with us every single day, answer Q&A on every single episode. We'll do some live watch-alongs, live episodes, and of course, you get access to the Sleepers newsletters, which are big during football season. The link to the Discord is in the description of this video on our YouTube channel on all of our videos. Get in there. It's $9.99 a month, and uh, do that on the desktop app because it's actually $9.99 there compared to if you try to do it on your phone. There's like three extra dollars of fees. We don't know why. That's Discord's fault. Anyways, big show today. Uh, we're going to talk the most overrated teams in the country, the most underrated teams in the country. I threw a last-minute game at you this morning. That's where that came from. And we might have some parting shots at Dickie V. Uh, we're also going to talk about Rutgers, because why not talk about Rutgers? Rutgers is a buzzy program right now, and they deserve a little bit of love beyond just our hypothetical Paul Mulcahy nonsense. But first, Cart, let's do our comments today. 25 of them today, beginning, as always, with Ulamog once again bookmarking the segments. Round of applause for Ulamog. Thank you for all the work that you do. Aiden Tree says, huge fan of the podcast, and I'm happy to see you guys expanding to a place where you can see some rewards for your work. Five podcasts a week is crazy. Felt the need to show some love, even in the wake of Greg's recent food takes. As a white guy, Greg has the whitest palate I've ever heard of. That's facts. I'll own up to that. That's fine. You know, be the best I mean, version I mean, of the you you can be. Yeah, I'm a white guy having a white palate. I mean, do we, is that something we got to apologize for? I mean... Yeah, what am I supposed to be, like an above-the-rim athlete and an off-the-dribble threat now? Like, no, I am what I am, and I'll be the best version of me that I can be. Trevor Sally says, what are your thoughts on Jameson Battle at Ohio State? It seems like a transfer that isn't talked about at all. He carried everything that Minnesota had going for them, and I'm interested to see how much playing time he gets, how he plays in a winning environment. What are your thoughts on Jameson Battle, Cart? Well, that's, that's the thing. I think uh, the last sentence in that is what is the biggest question mark, is what he does look like in a winning environment, because... Uh, Jameson Battle has never been or played in a winning environment. He's always been a player who's been able to obviously be talented, get his numbers, but it's never come along with winning. And specifically to his play in Minnesota two years ago, I mean, he was really, really good. Not saying he wasn't good last year, but I think he took a little bit of a step back last year just because of shot selection, who was playing around him. It was a pretty bad situation at Minnesota, but 
I truly believe with the talent at Ohio State, he can take a step back and realize he does not have to do as much. And I don't think he's ever played with this much talent. And I've stated many a times on a lot of episodes that it seems that no one even mentions the fact that Ohio State got Jameson Battle, who is uh, all Big Ten level talent player. So it, it's an under the radar ad. And I think that it's going to be a successful one at Ohio State. I think that Battle himself, being an older guy, will take a deep look within to his role with the team. And then obviously, you know, my faith in my boy Chris Holtman, Holtman to the moon. Love that dude. I like battle and I like the fit at Ohio State. I think anyone, everyone knows or should know from listening to this, I am high on Ohio State. I would be careful saying, like, I'm excited to see him in a winning environment. This isn't Duke that he transferred to. It's, this uh, isn't Kansas. Compared, compared to George Washington and Minnesota, Ohio State is a winning environment. Sure. They need to win in order to be a winning environment, though. Like they, they, pretty much everyone in the Ohio State locker room for next season does not know what it's like to win games at the college level. Other than who, Zed Key? That's the only guy on this roster. And I'm sorry, Zed Key. He came on the Sleepers podcast once before. Not exactly a guy who I think is driving winning a ton right now in his current state. So, um, like Jameson Battle, I did uh, in the UM Hoops forums. I made a list of my top 25 players in the conference because they're working on that project that they do once a year. And I just wanted to do like a quick pass at it. Jameson Battle was on my list, but he didn't make the final version. Like I, I had him in the 20s, and I was like, this feels a little off, and I pushed him off. So, uh, guy that could be all Big Ten, guy that could be kind of forgotten about, probably depends on how good Ohio State is. Grant Odell says, uh, Omaruyi, Omaruyi, I never say it right, is going to be a beast this year. Rutgers is slept on. Grant, we're going to talk about Rutgers for a full segment later this episode. Some more to come. Wyatt Robinson says, I will gladly sign up for the Discord, but I don't see where to join on my phone screen. Thanks for the info and the work you do on the show. Wyatt, sorry, we should have responded to this comment in a thread, but uh, a little busy yesterday. The link is in the description of all the videos on our YouTube channel. So uh, just scroll up. You should be able to click the description. Try to do it on your laptop and not uh, on a phone. And you should be able to get exactly where you need to go. Craig Bowers says, still waiting on that official correction statement, Carter. Okay. I do want to go back and correct this. Okay. Sometimes when you get a couple of Purdue fans in your mentions, I automatically clump them in with my, you know, one of my one of my favorite guys over on the Purdue side and Braggs and Stanley, Craig Bowers. Craig was not the person who told me that Will Bird would be able to stretch the floor and shoot three. So I just want to correct that remark. I'm sorry. It happens. Boiler up. Get a bar in town. That's big coming from the biggest Purdue fan on this podcast, Carter Elliott. Can I quickly, this is going to be the last Purdue thing I say today, I promise. Last thing I swear to God. Second last thing I swear to God. But I don't think it's that crazy as everyone was making us out to be the segment that we did the other day. Like that was not intended to be like, Ooh, this will get some clicks and be controversial of me being like, I think this is a top 10 roster without Edie. Like, I, I guess it's a little stretchy the more I look at, but I, I don't think that's controversial. And a lot of people are like, like love my guys, but they're way off on this one. Like, I don't think we're that. And then people that say we're way off are like, I'd have them more like 18th. Like that's not far off from what we're saying. Is it like, I don't know. No 
Okay. All right. Moving on. Fam says, being a CBB show, I'm here for the soccer clarity. Messi took that deal, getting a stake in Apple TV and future streaming rights for MLS revenue and partial ownership in Miami will be worth over $1 billion over time. Wanted to be closer to Argentina, too. Main hope is grow the league through ad revenue, bridge it for the future Latin uh, South American players so that they can stay closer to home, earn higher salaries as his legacy. Kind of sick compared to just another Saudi super contract. Yeah, that's all good. Well, that's all facts, but I don't care. All right. Like, <laughs> stop. MLS stinks. Let's stop trying to make it something it's not. If anything, it's a developmental league because you can find a couple players that if they are good enough, you leave MLS and you go play somewhere else. That's how it works. If you're not, you stay in MLS. And this is the reason why. Last thing I want to say on MLS. This is the reason why when we do U.S. soccer and we're talking about players that are big time and that need to be called up to the team, I'm not moved by anybody who leads the league in scoring in MLS. It's not that hard. Messi's coming in and doing it in like six games. He's had nine goals, all right? It's really not that hard to score against MLS defenders. It really isn't if you are a top-level player. So I have a question here. Who is the worst international soccer player, like Prem level or some other big league? Who is the worst player that you could drop into the MLS Messi style? and would be somewhat dominant. Maybe not like two goals a game, every game, winning every game, but like like best player in the MLS. I mean, you got to think about this. Like, gee, we can even go back two years ago or three years ago, probably even before you were in MLS, uh, a player by the name of Lord, um, Insigne, an uh, Italy national player, a uh, really, really good player, high level at the national level, played in the, you know, the big leagues as well, was on the last leg of his career, like had one ACL, like, could couldn't walk sometimes on the pitch. Came in and won MVP of the league and bagged like thirty goals. It's it's I I don't know. You take Ross Barkley from Lutton Town and you drop him into the Philadelphia Union. They go all the way. Like if I if I fly to Manchester, kidnap Mason Mount, yes, and drop him on the New England Revolution tomorrow. I would I would put a dangerous amount of money on the New England Revolution to win it all. <laughs> It's ridiculous, man. Steve Dunn says, who qualifies as Blue Bloods? This might be one of the more heated debates I see on Twitter. I think at this point under Izzo, Michigan State qualifies. How many schools are allowed to be considered a Blue Blood at one time? Is Michigan State a Blue Blood? Uh, to me, they're not. They're that, not. That's my answer, too. Yeah. yeah. I don't think that's super controversial, either. No. The, I, I, to me, when you have a Blue you got to have titles. Like, multiple titles. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, or like an era where you were the dominant program, which like Michigan State has always been in the conversation, but even like the magic title, it wasn't like that was an extended decade of Michigan State running college basketball. Izzo may have been the face for the early 2000s, but again, one title. Um, it's probably different if there's two titles there. So I think the Blue Bloods are pretty self-explanatory. Like, I mean, you're talking Kansas, Kentucky, UCLA as no-brainers, North Carolina, is probably in there Duke. outside Duke. Yes, of course, outside of those five, then I think it gets a little stretchy of like, okay, is Arizona in here? I don't consider Indiana blue blood. I don't consider Michigan state a blue blood. Could, uh, that, could, what about, what about like Nova Yukon? Nova's like a new blood and Yukon. I argued this, I think uh, at, the final the, four. at the final four, I argued they're not a blue blood. Oh, I thought you were arguing they were because we were looking at we were actually looking at like the titles and the final fours and 
kind of how yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't remember the crux of my argument there, to be honest. But okay. I, I remember I might have just been trying to yell at Rob Doster. So, anyways, um, yeah, and also the schools being blue helps too. Like maybe if Michigan State and Indiana had a blue logo, I could buy it a little more. But like the blue bloods being blue is partially part of this for me. John Smith says, I would love to be as high on Booker as you guys are, but when was the last time a big that skinny came in and had immediate success in the Big Ten? Uh, Jaron Jackson? Yeah, literally. (laughs) He moves really well, guys, for how skinny he is. You said this in text yesterday, Carp, but I want to bring it back to the real world here. Uh, it's time we stop acting like Xavier Booker is the third man in this class. Yeah, it, it's just, it's it's. I get having reservations about things like motor issues and things like that, but let's not act like we can't throw Xavier Booker out on the court. And if he gets thirty minutes or a high amount of minutes, he's not getting you at minimum like ten and six. Like I feel confident we're getting that in major minutes from him, just from him just having the talent level he has. Yeah, it would be different if Michigan State roster was different. Like if this was two years ago and we're throwing Xavier Booker in Marcus Bingham's spot, I'm not like, oh, he's going to be great. Like he might not work. He might not be ready to shoulder like go to guy the same way Max Christie ran into issues. Booker would probably run into issues on that team. On this team where there's three killers in the backcourt and all he has to do is catch lobs and play hard and and like block some shots. Yes, he can do all of that. And last thing, you asked me a question. Let's say hypothetically, I'm answering my own question that you're going to ask me. Who's the best big on this team? Xavier Booker is better than Carson Cooper. Xavier Booker is better than Madi Sissoko. Xavier Booker is better than Jackson Kohler. That's a fact. He's the best big on the team. I'd even go a step further, Cart. I would say the worst moments you'll get from Xavier Booker are better than the best moments you will get from any of those three guys you just named. And maybe I'm proven to be wrong when the season gets here, but he is just in a totally different tier talent-wise than those guys. And uh, I think we should act like it. I don't think we should act like he's some guy that needs to be brought along slowly. Clayton says, first, I'm not too familiar with Concord. I think he means Discord. Uh, That said, if you have 100 comments you address from Discord, how is that going to be more time-friendly than addressing them straight from YouTube? I'm considering joining as my son and I love the comment section and we frequently comment. We enjoy having our comments addressed uh, even when I... Then the comment just like disappeared for some reason. I can't see all of it. Um, Clayton, please join the Discord, man. We'd love to have you over there. You are definitely an important part of this community, as is your son. Going back to the emails you've sent us, like we we enjoy our little pen pal relationship here. But uh, yeah, I think it will be different because in all reality, we know we're not going to get 100 people to join the Discord, at least not right now. If we get to that point, that's great. And we'll address that as we have to. But um, realistically, like, you know, we've been getting 45 comments some days on these episodes. And I think we will get more like 10, 15 on the Discord, even if we have a big community there. So I'm going to put my uh, my business hat on here. You're going to hear the most generic email brand. We got a meeting thing right now. All right. So that's a good idea. Okay. But that's a situation right now that's not forefront. So what we're going to do is we're going to circle back and we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Okay. So we'll go ahead and put that on the back burner, Clayton, but let's remember that. Okay. For next time. Yeah. I I just feel like it's low hanging fruit. Um, You know, we, we need to be focused on the margins here. So. Let's keep it moving. I took D Rose's SAT said, I'd say there's a better chance of Xavier Booker being left off the all freshman team than being freshman of the year. 
Too many established mouths to feed. Think DHS and Mbako's production will have them as front runners for best freshmen. And then his predictions for the all-freshman team are DHS, Scotty Middleton, Jamie Kaiser, Gavin Griffiths, and Mackenzie Mbako. We got a lot of pushback on not even naming Mbako anywhere in our freshman conversation yesterday. Hand up from my end here. I don't know what Cart's going to say. Hand up on my side. Just forgot about him. Simple as that. Uh, he, he wouldn't have been in my five, even if I didn't forget about him. And the reason I forgot about him is because I don't like his role on this Indiana team. I wish he could play the four and not the three. Yeah. I responded on Twitter and I did say that Mbako would have been at five for me just because from a pure step from a pure talent standpoint, he's one of the most talented freshmen, obviously that I think are coming in in this class. But for me, it's the same thing as you. It's just, it's, it's not maximizing what he's going to, how he can look as the best player he can be by the situation that he's in. Um, And I just, you know, as a betting man, I'm just not betting that Mbako at the three will look as good as Mbako at the four next to uh, Renault Ware. Yeah. I kind of think Mbako is sort of in a similar spot mentally for me as Jeremy Fears is, although Mbako is still going to play. That's the difference. It'd be like if Michigan state was just going to play Jeremy Fears at the four this year. And like I'm supposed to pretend that's gonna work, like yeah, I don't know. And, and also, kids that I, kids that fall off a little bit after starting so highly. Like I get Mbako ended as a really high recruit, but like if you go back two years ago, I was on the Mbako like train heavily. I was like, oh my god, this kid is crazy talented. I think he's playing for Roselle Catholic in New Jersey before he transferred to another school. I'm not sure if he finished there or not. But like two years ago when I saw him or a year ago, summer, I was like, oh, my God, this kid's talent is crazy. Fell off a little bit towards the end of his high school career and people pulled on him a little bit. Obviously, still very talented, finished very highly rated, but definitely something that, you know, you kind of want to keep in the back of your mind. It's it's always those there's sometimes there's those kids that just don't necessarily finish their high school career as strongly and then don't get back to that form that they were when they were a very highly rated recruit. Like that happens a lot. Yeah. Uh, David Crute agrees. He says Mbako is going to play 25, 30 minutes. It's going to be really hard for him to not be a top five impact freshman. Come on, fellas. Uh, yeah, we we own this. We we should have mentioned Mbako somewhere. Uh, that's on us. Our bad. User, a bunch of letters, says y'all sleeping on Cam Christie. Your thoughts, Cart? And Carter actually fell asleep. Blake Brockman says, not even a mention of Mac Mbako. Come on, guys, shake my head to not even include my dude in the top five or even honorable mentions. Cloven uh, and Griffiths really slap it in the face. Uh, Yeah, again, (laughs) that's on us. We own it. Uh, Hey, sometimes you miss shots. Sometimes you don't take a shot that you should take. That's what happened. Yeah, somebody kicked the rock to us and we did not shoot an open shot. On Mackenzie Mbako. Uh, at some point, maybe we'll do an in-depth discussion on him to pay it back to Indiana fans. Kevin Lucas Kev says, I'll go out on a limb and say that both Jeremy Fears and Cohen Carr will be better as freshmen than Xavier Booker. Cohen Carr one bugs me. I'm okay saying that about Fears because I think Fears is really good. Cohen Carr, we don't know. We don't know if he's good. We just know he can dunk. That's it right now. Like Xavier Booker can do a lot more on a basketball court, right? I mean, Cone Karkin is, is the jumper is not extremely broken. I do want to say the jumper that. was broken in Moneyball. It's but it's not broken though. But it was in Moneyball, and it's Moneyball. Yes, that's to prove that. 
Uh, no, because it's Moneyball, but I have eyes to prove it because every time he stepped to the free throw line, he missed at least one free throw and he was not making jumpers. And we have t- dozens of sources telling us that. But you want to know the crazy thing about not making jumpers? Is you can make jumpers. <laughs> no, not even that. You don't, you don't got to shoot jumpers. If all Cohen Carr can do is transition dunk, he's going to be really fun. Nah, but it's not just transition dunks, though. Okay. He has the ability, the speed, and the half court to get past people, too. Yes. Uh, again, I like Cohen Carr. This is coming across as I'm, like, shitting on Cohen Carr because I am I think Xavier Booker's a better player. Like I do, too. I just, I don't, <laughs> it, if there was, you know, like, the charts, like, if there's, like, fun on one axis and then impact on the other axis, like, Cohen Carr's off the fun charts. But he he's somewhere in the middle on impact. And Xavier Booker, I don't know how fun Xavier Booker is. I think Xavier Booker is clearly the best big on this team. And I don't know if Cohen Carr is better than Malik Hall or better than Jay Nakins or better than Xavier Booker. And he needs to be better than at least two of those three guys to earn real minutes on this team. So um, we'll see. That's my stance. And then Kev goes on to say, also, don't sleep on Iowa State's transfer class. Kashawn Gilbert, uh, Curtis Jones, and Jackson Pavletsky. Yeah, I'll be honest. I only know about uh, Gilbert. Uh, I actually like his game a lot. I think he's really good. Um, I can't comment on the other guys. I'm not even going to try to. I like Pavletsky a little bit. He's nice. Where, where, where do you come from? Oh, my God. What was it? Um, why the hell am I blanking on this? Let me look it up to get it right. Did you just see, did you see like his film or something? Or did you talk about it? In one of the no, I remember why I've seen him in game. Wofford. Yeah, there it was. Oh, okay. I might have, I might, I just might not have seen the only dude from Wofford I knew about was the big Mac. No, Pavletsky. Um, I remember him. He was freshman of the year. He like had buckets in that conference. Oh, yeah. Okay. Nice. Yeah. He could play. Um, anyways. Yeah. Good call out, Kev. I agree there. Uh, two more comments today. Kevin Deaton says, Greg, that shirt is not cool. The D and the E needs to be removed. Not sure if we can be friends anymore. I'll be honest, Kevin, when I saw this comment, uh, I thought I was wearing a Drake shirt. So I thought you wanted me to wear a shirt that says R-A-K. And I spent like 15 minutes trying to figure out what that meant. But it was actually, I was wearing the Duke shirt. And so, okay, UK fan. Sorry, Kev. Uh, Zach Stewart says no Mbako in the top five. Yeah, sorry. That's on us. Hand up. Wow. Okay, we really messed up with Mbako, man. Heartbreaker. <laughs> That's all the YouTube comments for today. Let's jump over to the Discord though, Card. I should have led with the discord comments we do have a couple from yesterday's episode uh first of all gavin booher is now over on the discord g boo four elite username says as a broke college kid i needed to find something to cut out of my expenses in order to support my favorite podcast i decided to cancel my highest tier subscription to kink.com you are worth it fellas super excited to be here be like gavin people be less horny and be more sleepery okay uh and then he goes on uh, to tell us a little more about him. We had a nice little back and forth with Gab in the comments section. Ulamog uh, said, will you hypothetically announce any hypothetical deals you have coming on the Discord before you do on YouTube? It could be from a hypothetical burner, say a grilly Wanovan. We we might have some deals. Is that fair to say? We might have some deals. The sleepers, we don't take the, we don't just come on here and say we're a blue collar podcast. Uh, we're, we're a show me podcast. And that means behind the scenes, grinding. And deals are in the works. And if they hit, the price is going up. Not for Discord, of course, but I'm just saying the price in general. I'm going to be acting differently. 
Yeah. Um, and we will. We will share some of that intel before it goes public, public with the Discord for the record. So um, and then so we asked people for topics today. Also, just this morning, we were going back and forth with the Discord a little bit. So I want to talk about a couple that people brought in here. Rex said, don't know if you guys talk college football much, but there seems to be a lot of hype around this Big Ten East race. A lot of people hopping on the Penn State train. Do you think Penn State factors in to Big Ten football at all this year? I, I do because I buy stock in uh, the quarterback, Aller. Aller, he's nice. Yeah, I, yeah, he's. I think he's super nice. I think that honestly, the past couple of years, Clifford has just been just to not mince words. I think he's just been mid. I really think he's been mid, and their team has been capped because of that. But like, you got Singleton, you got Alar, you got Kalen King, one of the best cornerbacks in all of college football. On the other side, like the defense is going to be really good, and I just think the quarterback is going to raise raise the ceiling of the team i feel like maybe that's just a theme in the big 10 like when teams just move on from certain quarterbacks and throw out younger more talented guys maybe and it just raises the ceiling of the team yeah to to be determined i think is peyton thorne going to start at auburn by the way uh the word on the street is he's not mm, yeah which street oak ridge mm, yeah but there's a few streets that have been ready to say he's going to be working at a Best Buy for about three months now. So uh, not not always sure how accurate those streets that uh, have manifested Peyton Thornton leaving Michigan State uh, always are. But hey, we'll see. Could be a trend. You're right. I don't think Penn State factors in. I think they're good. Like, I think they're a good football team like they were last year. Um but do I think a freshman QB is going to like put them over the top with everything Michigan brings back and all of Ohio state's talent? No, I don't. So uh, those two feel like they're a little separated. And then final comment, Coy screenshotted a Riley Davis uh, tweet. Riley Davis going to be back on the show tomorrow for Riley Fridays and said, not a single smidge of subtlety here from our guy, Riley. Riley was doing the whole almanac promotional tweet. And then he said a name to watch freshman combo guard, Jalen Bernard. Uh, Griff Aldridge says he looks like a Longwood player, i.e. he's big, physical, and explosive. Longwood equals big, physical, explosive. Wait, he's the end of the tweet actually said Longwood equals. No, that's that. Co- that's Coy's commentary. The end of the tweet said, i.e. he's big, physical. Oh, and my explosive. word. <laughs> that's an insane tweet. It is an insane tweet. And then uh, final comment of the day. This is from Tyler Williams, who uh, messaged us on Twitter, and he said he has a question for the podcast. Um, Michigan State versus Arizona, Duke versus Kansas. This is the final four. Who comes out on top and why? Oh, can you answer that one first? Uh, yeah, I won't put too much thought into this, to be honest, but I think Michigan State would beat Arizona because Caleb Love is on Arizona. I think uh, I think Kansas beats Duke because they're old and good, and Duke is just good. And then I think it's Hunter Dickinson versus Michigan State for a national championship. Oh, my God. I'm going to be disgusted if that's actually how it ends up. I'll say Izzo gets two. If uh, Hunter... If it's actually Tom Izzo versus Hunter Dickinson with a title on the line, Izzo's not losing to Hunter Dickinson. I believe that. That's that's the only reason I would do the same thing because in all actuality, I've been hyping up Kansas and what they could be. But Izzo will do anything, go any lengths to win that basketball game. He He will die on that court if he has to. Yeah, he would cut off the referee's kneecaps. He'd be on the court if that's going south in the middle of the game. Um 
Yeah. Okay. Congrats, Michigan State. We just gave you a national title. Uh, thank you to all the comments today, especially those of you that have hopped over to the Discord. And uh, Tyler Williams, who just gave us that last question, said he'll become a member of the Discord soon. Thanks for all the hard work. Love the show more than anyone. We love you, Tyler, and we would love it if you joined the Discord. Get over there. Uh, this community continues to grow. If we get that up to like, well, it, again, it says there's 50 people in the Discord right now, but only 15 I think are are now paid members where they can actually see everything. So again, conversion rate, something's not adding up there, but if we somehow get all 50 people actually engaging on the discord, then we're rocking. Yeah. I, I don't want this looking like my three point percentage. Let's, <laughs> let's get, let's get right. Let's get it up a little bit. Okay. Moving on uh, topics. We're going to talk about Rutgers to open the show today. We've been sort of slow playing this because we didn't know when the right moment would be to talk about Rutgers and there's a lot of momentum with this program right now. They are likely going to add the number one and the number two ranked recruit in the country. Rutgers is going to add the two best freshmen in the country. Unprecedented. Uh, Dylan Harper, Ace Bailey. For those of you that don't know, Ace Bailey is already signed to Rutgers. Dylan Harper is a heavy Rutgers lean, the brother of Ron Harper Jr., who is actively trolling Indiana right now in his recruit visits. We love both of them as players. Rutgers would certainly be really good in a year if they get those guys. But uh, they might be kind of good this year, too. That's what I want to talk about, because we got some numbers back from their overseas trip. And essentially, Rutgers is shooting a ton of threes. That's not normal for a Rutgers team. Gavin Griffiths, we talked about him briefly on the show yesterday. Five for ten from three in their most recent game overseas. Uh, he looks like he might potentially be a guy who leads Rutgers in scoring this year. You're a huge fan of Derek Simpson. We've talked about that before, but man, if Rutgers is going to shoot 42 threes in a game uh, and Gavin Griffiths can get them 20 a night, I'm very in on this Rutgers program that all of a sudden has a higher upward trajectory than any team in this conference other than Michigan State right now. What is happening? Yeah, and the craziest part to me before you even start talking about like get Griffiths getting his 20 and he's got and them actually hitting threes at a high clip is that they're just playing this way. Like I didn't have a chance to go back last season and like go through game logs and things like that, but I'd be absolutely shocked if there were multiple games where they shot that many three-pointers to be honest with you. Um and I think the shift to that is a good one for this team with the personnel that they have and I I just don't – I don't think they are being talked about enough just because of the losses they had. Obviously, they lose Mulcahy, they lose McConnell, they lose Cam Spencer in devastating fashion. Like, that that three right there is something that could, you know, kill a program. But they still got Cliff. Griffiths is going to be one of the best freshmen in the conference. Maybe, shit, the way it's trending, he might be considered one of the best freshmen in the country production and impact-wise. I don't think that's far, uh, too much of a stretch. Derek Simpson's really good. Andre Hyatt's played more college basketball than a lot of people in the college basketball world right now and, and can be productive if he's healthy. So they got something there. And then Peichel is just going to be Peichel. And Rutgers is always going to be Rutgers. It's going to be tough to play at Rutgers. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a team that you can't take lightly. I think they're going to be a lot better than people think. Um, and you can't take Rutgers lightly. And I feel like Two months ago, you might have been like, okay, they lost all three of those people that I mentioned. Take them a little bit lightly. That, that That's not the case. Rutgers might be hashtag back or on their way back. 
isn't it hashtag here? Don't they have to be here in order to be back? We said that with Nebraska. Remember we were in Lincoln? We were like, Nebraska might be back. And we're like, oh, wait a second. No, Nebraska might be here. Turns out Nebraska wasn't here. They got cake pops. But Rutgers might be here. Uh, I... I have a little bit of a hot take on the Spencer Mulcahy departures cart. Could this be some addition by subtraction? Losing not with Spencer, not with Spencer. That duo, not with Spencer to me. No chance. Mm-mm. No, I will. The only the only reason I said this is because I don't think that Mulcahy's game would fit into the being able to shoot role that they that obviously they kind of had that approach this year. I think Cam Spencer would fit really really good. Like you have. Let's say Simpson one, Spencer two, Griffiths three, Hyatt four, uh, Cliff Amarui five. I actually really like that starting five. Me too. But, okay, have you seen the video of Cam Spencer's introduction in like the UConn practice gym? Yes. And you want me to buy Cam Spencer stock? That's part of it. He can't, That's part of what he does. I just, I'm sorry. Go watch the video if you don't know what I'm talking about. I uh, Here's my thing with those two. They're both good players. Obviously, they're good players. I think those two guys are role players on a good team. I don't think those two guys are stars on a good team. And I think last year, Rutgers operated as if Cam Spencer and Paul Mulcahy were their stars. And it got them to the NIT. And a, I believe a first-round loss in the NIT. If I'm remembering correctly, first or second round loss in the NIT. And look, yeah. the, Paul McKay, he got the bag. Cam Spencer got the bag. Congratulations. If UConn's really good this year, I don't think Cam Spencer is a top three player on that team. If Paul McKay, he is good for Washington. Washington's not going to be good. Let's just be honest. But if Paul McKay, he's good for Washington. Like, again, that, that could happen. He's a good stats, bad team guy to me. And I know he's played roles on decent teams at Rutgers before, but... I, I think in order for Rutgers to take a step forward, those guys had to leave. And I think it's not a bad thing. Like if this offense is run through Derek Simpson and Gavin Griffiths, I think those guys are infinitely more versatile than Cam Spencer and Paul Mulcahy were. Those guys were one-trick ponies. Cam Spencer was really efficient, but you, you knew the only way Cam Spencer could score. You couldn't let him go crazy from three. And Paul Mulcahy is a back-you-down booty ball wing who's just not that good at back you down booty ball so i uh i am excited for new look ruckers because i'm curious how this offense looks and steve peichel historically is a very bad offense guy like you just go through every team he's ever coached you can go to your favorite site ken palm and check the efficiency offensively it's horrible it's been bad every single year so I'm excited to see, like, does this year's group look different because they have some more versatile guys that are the faces of this offense? And then more importantly, like, look forward a year, man. Derek Simpson, Gavin Griffiths, the two best players in the country. And can I get Cliff back for one more year? Like that. Oh, you, oh I feel like you get Cliff back. I feel like you, get, you do. That team would be insane to me. Yes. They would be nasty. Top top ten in the country, Rutgers preseason. Yes. Top five in the country. I had to see the country, but I can make it. I can see a world. <laughs> we can we can see the world. See we're the rooting world. for. Is it fair to say we're rooting for Rutgers? I feel like we're rooting for Rutgers. I feel like we always kind of, at least me personally, you know, I gravitated towards Rutgers. Yeah, there's something about them. It's the rack. 
rack magic. And Jordan it's good to, good to have another Harper in uh, Rutgers red in Scarlet. So, nice. all right, uh, let's move on. I asked you to play a little game with me this morning. I want to go through Dickie V's top 25 because when I Googled preseason top 25, the most recent one that came out was Dick Vitale's uh, top 25. Okay. So we're going to go through conference by conference for all the big conferences. And we are going to pick one team from each conference that we believe is overrated according to Dickie V's top 25 and one team from each conference that is underrated. Let's start with our most overrated teams in the country. The rules of this, this has to be a team that was listed in Dickie V's top 25. That may force our hand in some spots here. We may be picking teams we think are properly rated and calling them overrated. That's the game. Let's start in the ACC cart where the options here were essentially Duke, North Carolina, and Miami. Who is the most overrated team in the ACC? Uh, the most overrated team in the ACC to me is Miami. And I think that they did a good job of getting Nigel Pack back and getting uh, uh, Norchad back. But I don't think the loss of Isaiah Wong and also Jordan Miller can be um, replicated. I mean, Jordan Miller was one of the best glue guys in the country. I mean, he made extremely big plays during that tournament run. And then Isaiah Wong was doing everything for that team and putting him on his back at times. I think Nigel Pack has the ability to do that, but I don't think that you just lose those two players and you put them right back at 16. Like, I just, I feel like that's just a little bit too, too high for me. Okay. I don't hate that. Um, I have a different answer here and it's Duke. It's Duke by default for me because I think that both North Carolina and Miami are just right in the range. They should be They're 15th and 16th, according to Dickie V's top 25. I wouldn't call that overrated at all. I wouldn't call it underrated. I just think like it's likely those two teams are top 25 teams in some form. The only team that could be overrated is the team that's ranked second in the country for Dickie. Yeah. And uh, I don't, I, I'm not saying I would rank Duke lower right now. So again, my hand is kind of forced here, but I think of those three, it's more likely Duke fails to meet that expectation than it is North Carolina and Miami are. And I do have concerns about Duke's youth, to be honest. We talked about it a little bit last week, but like, Filipowski's coming back from injury. Proctor is not a guy that I think is going to be an All-American like most people seem to be banking on. Um, they're talented as shit, don't get me wrong. Maybe the most talented team in the country, but we've seen really talented like Duke freshman classes before not live up to being the best team in the country and be more like a top 10 team in the country. I think that's a very reasonable outcome. Moving to the Big Ten, where we only had two options from this list card, Michigan State and Purdue. Um, my most overrated team is uh, Michigan State. Wow, that's big of you. Because I had to. So you're trusting Purdue. You're trusting the Boilers. Boiler up. I'm not saying that. You, I mean, you very easily could have picked Purdue as most overrated here. No, because if I did, I'd just talk about them. <laughs> Violating your rule makes sense. Yeah, Michigan State is my answer as well. Um, I think I have Michigan State fifth in my current list right now. They're fourth on Dickie V's, so not far off whatsoever. But I, I've said it before, like Michigan State still has to make the jump. Everybody's penciling them in for it. They haven't made that jump yet. We think they're going to make that jump this year. But all everyone on this roster knows at the college level is 13 lost seasons. So uh, A.J. Hogarth is really in shape. 
maybe that changes everything. <laughs> we'll see. This freshman class is really good. But uh, if you got to pick one of those two to be overrated, it's Michigan State. Big 12, a lot of options here. This one, I feel like we can actually find one we both feel is truly under or truly overrated. Who is the most overrated team in the Big 12? I struggle with this one. I got a couple cross-outs on this. And this, this pains me to say, but I think Houston is a little bit overrated being at seven. I think they're going to be good. They added Cryer. That's huge. Um, and they got some dudes back. But it, at the same time, like you lose – you know, you lose Marcus Sasser, you lose a couple, you lose Tremont Mark as well. Uh, I do like the guys they had, don't get me wrong, like uh, Arsenault, I believe is his last name. Don't want to mispronounce that. Love his game. Still got Shed back. Um, yeah, I, but I just think it's a little bit too high based on the losses they had. That was my backup to the team that I'm about to go to. Um, I think Houston's more like a top 20-ish team than 8th. The pick I'm going with is Baylor, and Baylor on Dickie V's list is 21st. At 21, really? I don't think this Baylor team is going to sniff the top 25. Oh. Uh, listen, man, weren't they like 20th last year? Like, they, this Baylor team was like supposed to be top five, top 10, but like last year, in essence, they were they were a top 20, 21 team, right? Like, they were a five seed in the NCAA tournament, I think. They lost to Creighton in the second round. In a 4-5 game, it was a really entertaining game. No, maybe a 6 seed in the NCAA tournament. 3-6, I think. Um, Maybe, I think. I think they were a 6 seed, which would have them 21-24 to in the country last year. Then you lose Keontae George. You lose Adam Flagler. You lose LJ Cryer to an interconference rival and replace them with Ray J. Dennis. And Jaden Nunn. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. And I know we, uh, we positively talked about those two a little bit yesterday, but like, I have big Ray J. Dennis concerns if he's supposed to be the best player on your team. And I think Baylor thinks he's the best player on this team. Jaden Nunn scored nine a game at VCU. That's not the Baylor guards we've seen the last couple of years. So uh, I think there's a big drop-off coming. I think this team doesn't sniff a top 25 and is more like a bubble team. Like maybe makes a tournament, maybe not. I love Scott Drew, so I think he'll find a way to get through it. But I do not like this roster at all on paper. Wow. That's I, I I just can't agree with that one. But okay, I, wow. Big, I, I mean, we know how much you love Jalen Bridges, so that makes sense. He's a great first option guy, right? Moving That's on. Awesome. <laughs> Moving on. Big East. Uh, who's your most overrated team in the Big East? My most overrated team in the Big East is the Marquette Golden Eagles. I I knew this one was coming for various for various reasons. Yes, they get Big East Player of the Year back in Tyler Kolick. Yes, they have Cam Jones. But Omax did a lot for that team. And I think a lot of guys are projecting that guys that play behind him take a jump. Um, obviously, they have um, Osa next to him who's going to be who's going to have a really big year. But I don't know if other guys are going to make a step. I know guys have brought up like Ben Gold taking a step. I don't know if he's going to be the guy to do that. Uh, they, they lost a lot, I think. And I think they're glossing over the Prosper loss a little bit too much. And also uh, shot the smart fashion choices. Yeah, I knew you were going to pick that one. I don't hate it, but I think like I I I just think Marquette's going to be really good in the regular season. They're probably going to fall apart in March again, but um like they they were so good in the regular season last year. They won the Big East, they won the Big East tournament that like they bring 85% of that team back. Like I can't really imagine there's a drop off there. Um I'm going a team 
kind of like my Baylor one. I think this team could just be like totally out of the top 25 all season long. They're ranked 18th on Dickie V's list. It's Villanova cart. A lot of people love this Villanova off season. Tyler Burton, TJ Bamba, Hakeem Hart are in Lance Ware is in like, yeah, those are guys. That, that's a lot of names. A lot of guys who had good stats on bad teams pretty much. And then depending on how you feel about Hakeem Hart, I don't think Hakeem Hart's much of anything. A lot of people love him. But uh, I just don't trust this core. Like, I don't think Eric Dixon and Justin Moore as the face of your team means you're a good basketball team. <laughs> and, yeah. and, I, and who's the question over? Kyle Neptune. Okay. Just let that be known. Yeah, I'm scared. I'm very scared for them. SEC, who's the most overrated team in the SEC card? Uh, most overrated team at SEC uh, is who Dickie V has at number 10, Tennessee Volunteers. I feel like they're only there because of the Tennessee name. And yes, that might be a reason to put them there. Rick Barnes, obviously defensive mastermind, what they do with that team defensively. They lose Phillips. Um, I'm not the biggest Zakai Ziegler fan, to be honest with you. Um, I think that his story and what he does is great, but I think that it's a little bit like overhyped. Um, I don't think he's among the best point guards, like in the country, like top five Koozie award winning level. Um, so I, I just think it's going to be a fall off with this team. Um, yeah. So I, I just think they're too high at 10. I agree. Um, are they the only 10 you see though? <laughs> Sorry. I don't know. 10 in Tennessee. I mean, you, you had to, but I was hanging over my head the whole time you talked about them. I'm going Texas A&M. They are uh 17th on Dickie V's list, which I get. Like, I, I think that makes sense to rank them preseason there. They were really good last year. They won a bunch of SEC games really randomly. I still don't know how. Like, that's my big thing. I don't think this team on paper is very good. I don't think they should have been winning those SEC games last year. Like, and I do, they, they bring everybody back pretty much that matters. Like Wade Taylor's back, Tyrese Radford's back, Julius Marble is probably their third best player. Uh, I still can't really fathom that Julius Marble is the third best player on a good team in the SEC playing well. So uh, I think there's a drop off here just because I Texas A&M might sort of like be expected to take a jump they're not capable of. I think they achieved to their ceiling last year and they won't achieve to that ceiling again, running it back with the same group. To the Pac-12, the final of our big conferences here. Only a few options here from the Pac-12. Arizona and USC were the two teams that were ranked in Dickie V's list. So who is the most overrated to you? Uh, the Colorado Buffaloes were at 24. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Respect the bus. Respect Simpson. Respect Silva. Uh, for most overrated, I had USC at this spot. Um a lot of this had to do with because I think Arizona is at a good spot. Honestly, Arizona might be, could be a little bit higher to me, to be honest with you. Um, USC, I think they're going to have the backcourt to be really good. Uh, don't get me wrong. I'm buying stock in all Collier and Boogie Ellis throughout this year. Don't know if I'm buying stock in the other guys on the team necessarily. I mean, they added DJ Rodman, who was a good piece on a bad team. He was a good player on a bad team. Uh, Kobe Johnson could be like that leaky black type player for them. Um, but outside of that, I'm not really sure. Obviously, the things are up in the air with whether Bronny's going to play or not. So I, I just think at 20, I got to pick USC. And that's more so because I like Arizona at 12. Okay. I don't hate that. Um, I I went Arizona here just between the two. I think USC is more likely to overachieve, which is why I went this route. I just think like there is 
a chance Isaiah Collier's just stupid good, and that's like a fringe top 10 team. Whereas Arizona, to me, there's just always Caleb Love potential on whatever team Caleb Love's on. Like, it might happen. <laughs> it might happen. I don't want it to happen because I love Tommy Lloyd and I love Arizona, but, like, there's absolutely a world where this team goes from top 25 to NIT and refusing to play in the NIT. We've seen it happen before. We, I asked you to bring one from outside the power conferences. Who's the most overrated team in the country from outside the power conferences? This, this one's this one's easy for me. I haven't talked about them in a long time, but it's it's good to be back. It's the Aztecs. All right, that run was great last year. Don't get me wrong. Okay, they lose Bradley though. They bring back Butler, which is huge. I think Lamont Butler is going to have a really good senior season or last season for them. He's going to do some big things. His, he's going to get crazy numbers, but they lost a good amount around him as well. Like I, um, even though I'm not as high on him, the loss of Keyshawn Johnson is going to be felt, I think. Um, so yeah, I just, I think 19 is a little bit too high for them. For me, they're like a fringe outside. Like they're like a team in the thirties to me, not in the top 20. Okay. Yeah. I agree with you there. There's just one other team. I think is even more overrated. Did I miss them? Did I miss somebody? It's Gonzaga. Gonzaga is currently ninth on Dickie V's list. And uh, I just, I don't like the roster. Like Drew Timmy's gone. Drew Timmy has been there everything for five years. He's not the only guy that's gone. Julian Strother's gone 15 game or 15 points a game last year. Uh, They basically got rid of Malachi Smith and Hunter Salas intending to bring in RJ Nemhard instead. But like, I don't think Nemhard works with Nolan Hickman. And now Hickman needs to play more minutes because they lost Smith and Bolton and Salas. So I just don't like, like if a team has Nolan Hickman as its second best player with no answer in the front court that you can trust other than Graham EK, who was good at Wyoming. Don't get me wrong. He was good at Wyoming. It's also Wyoming. Uh, Like I, I just am scared. Can Can I do a little chest tap on this one? Yeah, please. I did not see Gonzaga at nine. That's who I would have. Way too much turn, just too much turnover and unknown with that program. Like when you lose a program, great, and then you also lose the supporting pieces around him who helped them be great. Like it's just too many, too much projecting with that team. Top, I think top ten is nine is just a bit too high. I did not notice Gonzaga there. That's on me. Yeah. Uh, okay. I'm glad we're on the same page. I, I think Gonzaga will be all right. Like I think they can still win that conference, and I just think it's more like twenty to twenty five this year. So, mm-hmm. of all those teams we just named. Pick one. Who's the most overrated team in the country to you, Cart? Hmm. Most overrated team in the country? Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to get my camera sorted out here. No, you're good. (laughs) Oh, that's crazy. Uh, Who's the most overrated team in the country? I think it's Tennessee for me. Wow. I just don't think they should be. It's either Tennessee or Gonzaga. Okay. All right. Um, I don't hate that. I, I'm going to go Baylor. I'm sorry. I'm going to go Baylor. Like I'm, I'm going to call 21. my shot. I know, but I'm going to call my shot. Like, okay. It's it's the shot I called with Virginia a couple years ago. Like, are they a preseason top five team? No, but I said, I think Virginia is going to miss the tournament. Everyone called me crazy. And then they missed the tournament. I think this Baylor team is an NIT team. Wow. Okay. Not, I'm crazy. not proud to say that. I love Scott Drew. I love what Baylor normally is. I don't love Ray J. Dennis and Jalen Bridges. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. Let's do positivity now. The show needs a little positivity. Underrated. Let's go to the ACC. Who's the most underrated team? 
Syracuse is the most underrated team to me because I think that it's a team or a school that kind of just needed a fresh start. I think that, uh, unfortunately, for as great as he was, uh, Beheim just overstayed his welcome. Not overstayed his welcome, but it's just it's – t- it's t- eventually, programs need a little bit of a change. And I think the change will actually do them well. I'm not saying they're going to be extremely good this year, but I think that this year could be used as a stepping stone to build some serious momentum into getting Syracuse back to the program they used to be. And the backcourt alone – makes me love this team like Judah Mintz and JJ Starling talent wise are really, really good. And I think that'll make them better than they were. Is JJ Starling good? Yes. We're, we're a hundred percent confident in that. I'm a hundred percent confident that JJ Starling is good. Okay. I needed to hear that because my answer is also Syracuse. I just am still like, I'm only 95% JJ Starling's good. And if he's not good, then we're wrong about this, but I still think he's good. And uh, I think Judah Mintz, might be the most underrated player in the country. If we're, I know we're doing teams right now, but like Mintz is capable of, um, of like first team All American stuff. I think that's in the cards for him. We'll see what happens. Also, they might play man to man this year. I don't know if you heard that. I did hear that. That's exciting. That's fun. Uh, let's move to the Big Ten. A lot of options here since nobody else is ranked other than Michigan State and um, Purdue. Who do you got here? I got my Buckeyes. I think Ohio State's underrated uh, for the reasons we stated many times on past podcasts. I think they got Thornton back. They got a power back. Jameson battle. Love the freshman class. Um, they had a really down year last year. It's, this is a top 25 talent level team. Um, so I think they are underrated. Okay. Yeah, Maryland is my pick. Um, also a pick. I wanted to pick Ohio State, but I think it's Maryland. I think they they're I I just think it's a lock. Maryland ends up the season top twenty five. To be honest with you, I do too. Yeah, it has to happen. They're super talented, and if you try to make a list of the top twenty five players in the Big Ten, you're gonna have five Maryland names on it, and then be like, wait a second, why is nobody talking about Maryland? They're really really good, and you compare that to Purdue. I know I've thrown a lot of Purdue love out there, Cart. There's only two Purdue names on the top twenty five players in the Big Ten. There's five from Maryland. And nobody's really talking about Maryland. Big 12. Uh, let me go look at this. Uh, oh, Jerome Tang in the game. Kansas State. They're underrated. Speaking of yesterday's episode where we talked about really good transfer classes, that uh, applies to this Kansas State team. I was surprised. Well, I guess, I don't know. I guess it's Dickie B's preseason top 25. I think they're a preseason top 25 team, even though the pieces that they lost. I like the guys they're bringing in. Uh, Tyler Perry could be an All-American level type player, I think. Um, so I'm in on this team and their additions. I am right there with you. We're agreeing too much for my liking, but I feel like it's a good thing when we agree because we're usually right when we both agree with each other. And uh, I, yeah, don't sleep on the Quez Glover ad too. That's another another lottery ticket for Jerome Tang to figure out. And I really trust Jerome Tang right now. Big East. Not many options here because so many teams in the Big East are ranked in Dickie V's top 25. Yeah, my underrated team is Providence for this for this pick. Um, Bryce Hopkins could easily be Big East player of the year, and that alone, I think, could put them into this um, kind of mold. And then I'm going to butcher this name, uh, but it's, I think it's Duall, Duall, freshman. Um, it's a guy who has a lot of NBA buzz and has been getting a lot of rave reviews. As well, I saw some of his high school film. He just is a high energy, 
guy who has the tools to be an NBA player. Like he's one of those guys who is an under the radar kind of pickup. And then you see him just have a really good freshman year. And like, he finds his way into like a first round type pick, maybe even a lottery pick type pick just by having the production, the skill set, and the frame that he has. And I also am in on Kim English as a coach as well. So I'm picking Providence. I know that I know I'm one of the, one of the few, but I'm in on Kim English. Interesting. Yeah. I won't press you for too many details there, but I, I don't agree there. Uh, I want to see it a little bit. I'm going Georgetown and this is the one I feel the worst about of every team on my list. Uh, I just think expectations are so low for this Georgetown team in year one of Ed Cooley and Ed Cooley's kind of great when you give him no expectations. Like Ed Cooley just always figures something out and I trust him to make this team competitive and fun, even if they're not good. And they have decent recruits coming in. Like they got Drew McKenna, top 100 kid, Drew Fielder's a four star, Jaden Epps is going to be productive at the very least. Like, I don't, I don't know if that means good team, but I think he can score like 12 a game minimum and kind of be the engine for an offense. So, uh, and Jeff Goodman's favorite Rowan Brumbaugh is also a Hoya. I'm buying Georgetown. I think they'll be competitive and pick off some of the better teams in the big East. I like that pick Gregory. Thank you. Thanks cart to the sec. Who's your most underrated team in the sec? Uh, my most underrated team in the SEC is uh, the new coach, redacted coach, um, and that's Ole Miss. And the reason it's Ole Miss is because Matt Murrell, Matt Morell, sorry, my apologies, love his game. I think he's going to have a breakout year in the SEC. I think he's an NBA-level talent type player. And I just think that despite all the shortcomings of redacted off the floor and the choices he makes off the floor – when it actually comes to coaching the game of basketball, he's really, really good. So I think that it's going to be enough to get Ole Miss to uh, – they'll be better than what people expect. I'm not saying they're like top 25 or anything like that, but I think they'll be better than people expect. It's a good pick. You said a lot of accurate things about Redacted there. I'm going to go to a different coach that I trust. Uh, I trust him more off the court for sure. I trust Bruce Pearl, and Auburn is my pick. I – <laughs> friend of the sleepers Wendell Green is no longer on this team and I'm very curious what that does to the rest of the guys on this team because w Wendell was awesome sometimes he was like driving them off a cliff other times and now Aiden Holloway is in and Holloway. he's so good. He's super he's fun, so man. Good. He's super fun. Um, I'm excited to watch this team for a lot of reasons, but a little surprised they're not on the top 20. Yeah, and, and they got Broom back too, right? Yeah, they got Broom back. Yeah. Uh, Katie Johnson, Nightmare Fuel is still back. Jalen Williams is back. Like they really bring everybody that matters back, except for Wendell Green and Alan Flanagan and Ad Holloway and Denver Jones, who scored 20 a game last year. Like there's stuff. I like, like that this. pick too, Gregory. Why, God, we just love each other today. This is fantastic. Let's move to the Pac-12. Card, who you got? I got, I struggle with this one. This is hard for me. And the easy, reason I'm isn't it? it, huh? I'm sorry to interrupt, but isn't there's an easy answer here, I think. Oh, I, I might I might be missing somebody then. Yeah, I think you're missing somebody. We'll see, though. Who's your pick? Wait, can I switch it to you? Who'd you pick? The pick is UCLA. Oh, wow, I blew it. Yeah, the UCLA is not in Dickie V's. Wait, why is UCLA not in the top 25? I don't know. He must just be skeptical of all the overseas guys. But, like, listen, man, if you like Kentucky this year, you should like UCLA this year because they have a lot of guys 
that are new to college basketball that are super talented coming in. And I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't trust them to like win anything crazy, but um, like Ade Mara and Jan Vide are really damn good. Yeah, I'm glad I asked you first because I just completely I, I I guess I just assumed that UCLA was in this. That's my apology. UCLA is my most underrated easily. I think that the overseas guys have talent. Mick Cron is a really good coach. I expect also guys to take some steps too. Like I like Dylan Andrews a lot, and I think that he'll take a step this year. I think there's something with him as a player. Uh, but I guess I will read who I did have just as like an underrated shout. Uh, this kind of goes along the Big East notion that you had. Cal was one of the worst teams in the country, like by far, like no bar none. I think they won like five games, something like that. They bring in Madsen. They bring in some recruits. They got guys like Fardaws. I just think that naturally the only place to go is up, and they were able to bring in some dudes. So I think they'll they'll be a lot better than they were. So I did give them a shout, but obvious answer is UCLA, I think. Yeah, I, it just is what it is. Like they're the highest upside uh, and I'm shocked. I'm shocked Dickie V didn't have them there other than he just like doesn't know who Ademara and Jan Vide are. Yeah. To uh, the other, the other conferences, outside of all the main conferences, who's the most underrated team in the country to cart? Yeah, I didn't put anybody. <laughs> I, I, li- I literally didn't put anybody. What, is this a college basketball's cooked statement? <laughs> I, just, I, I just really couldn't think of it. Like, <laughs> I, I could have came on here and honestly faked who my underrated team was. But I was literally just going through the conferences. I don't know who it is. Like, do you want me to pick Pepperdine? Like, I don't know. They're not underrated. They're where they should be. <laughs> no, I want you. I want you to pick a team you and I love, man. Because there is an answer. There is a most underrated team in the country. What have I done? It's the Lobos, man. New Mexico. Oh no! They're back. They they we're running it back. Jamal Mashford and Jalen House are back. I forgot about my Lobos. We get to watch them. We get to bet on them. It's gonna be fantastic. Oh, I can't wait! And they got my guy AK from Colorado State on the staff now. Like this team was the last un, undefeated team in the country last season, and I think uh, th- did they drop the ball in conference play? Yeah, yeah, a little bit they did. Okay, but we're running it back this year, Lobos. Like. I'm in. I think uh, it, now we're gonna do the thing where we have to pick who is the most underrated of all our underrated teams. I think it might be New Mexico. I think that team could be top twenty in the country this year, Cart. But it's not who I'm gonna pick. My most underrated team actually in the country is Syracuse. Yeah, I, mm, I might go UCLA. That's okay. most underrated. Yeah, I think they're gonna be really good. Maryland's a good one too. All these teams are really underrated. I like the underrated teams more than I like the overrated teams in this exercise. Me too. Should we, uh, any, any final words for Dickie V? What do you think about Dickie V's list here? It seems like he dropped the ball on a lot of these underrated teams. Yeah. I got a couple, just a couple issues. The St. John's love needs to relax. Okay. It really does. Patino is not God. I know some people think he is, but he's not. Okay. Let's just let that be known. Last thing I want to say. And I think Florida Atlantic could be higher than 11. Mm. That team's really good. Yeah, they're good. Really good. Bringing back everyone from last year, Dusty May. They're good. Like that's not a fluke. That team won thirty games last year for a reason. Dusty May just sounds like a Hall of Fame coach too. Like, does. I'm telling my grandchildren about Dusty May years from now. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, the main thing I want to say is Dickie V, just take it easy this year, my boy. We get, <laughs> get I get, I, I get the hard working, I get the blue collar, but stay healthy. Uh. And get get right, man. Get well, Dick. We're thinking of you. Uh, okay. 
let's uh let's let's do our one big thing presented by Big B Big B uh great coffee that if you place a mobile order at Big B you don't have to wait 20 minutes for your coffee like I did this morning when I got Redacted's coffee which is not from Big B one big thing from Big B what do you got cart uh, my one big thing is going out to people like like ourselves who break down watch the game of basketball um I think that sometimes we have uh, I'm not sure what the phrase would be. We have the tendency to nitpick just a little bit too much, I think, on certain teams. not There's no such thing as a perfect college basketball team. Some college basketball teams are going to have deficiencies at some spots. Like, you can't just have a perfect top-to-bottom team. Uh, like, when I pick Kansas to win it all or Kansas to be the number one team, everyone goes, oh, Kansas doesn't have the shooting to do it. Well, you know, not every team is perfect. Every team's going to have some deficiencies. Like, even if Kansas shoots 30% from three, they could still be the best team in the country and still easily win a national championship. So what I'll say is that just because a team is great doesn't mean that you should just nitpick and focus on the negatives of a team because sometimes the things they do extremely well can cancel out things such as maybe the ability to not shoot the ball or something like that. Just so try not to nitpick as much, I would say. And that goes for myself as well. Wow. A little positivity from Car today. Look on the bright side. The grass is always greener. Yeah, just a little, just a little bit. I get, I get that it's we're far away from the season, and we're just we've been staring at the same teams and these off seasons and these rosters. But like, teams doing things well can cancel out things that they do bad. That's all. That's that's my main takeaway. Okay. All right. I am gonna move to the golf world for my one big thing today, Car, because there is a chance to get behind Brad Stevens era Butler in golf form this weekend. Okay. Does that sound appealing to you? I feel like that might sound a little appealing to you. Now I'm in. It's the BMW championship this weekend car. It's the next uh, progression here of the FedEx cup playoffs. If you've been watching the last couple of weeks, you've heard my complaints that the greats in the world in the game of golf are not behaving as if they are greats cart. Well, one guy is, and that would be unheralded little Lucas Glover. Okay. Lucas Glover. I'll just say it up straight up. Say it. I'm not a fan of Lucas Glover. I'm not actively rooting for Lucas Glover. I want to see Rory McIlroy against John Rahm, against Scotty Scheffler, against Jordan Spieth. But those guys keep dropping the ball because in the last 14 days, Lucas Glover has won as many tournaments as Scotty Scheffler has won all season. And it just so happens to be happening during the final few weeks of the PGA Tour season when there is a FedEx Cup championship on the line. This is Gordon Hayward Butler. This is like this guy came out of nowhere. Sure, he can play. Yeah, if you've watched him at all, he can play. But this dude's on fire. He won last week because he was rolling in like 30 footers on the greens. Like it was so clutch. It was electric. Everybody thought Patrick Cantlay, who has historically been like the most clutch FedEx championship guy, was going to just eat him up in the playoff. Nah, first tee box, Patrick Cantlay in the water, Lucas Glover dead center in the fairway. I'm getting behind it now. I'm not rooting against him. I'm not fading him. I am betting Lucas Glover to win this week. We're going for three in a row. Team three, Lucas Glover. Team three Glover events in a row? Three in a row, Cart. I'm on Lucas Glover this weekend. Bet the money line. Outright winner and root for Lucas Glover. Let's go Butler, baby. Gordon Hayward, Shelvin Mack. Wow. I mean, I'm in, but wow. 
That's my one big thing presented by Big B. Thanks to everybody for watching. Tomorrow, Riley Davis from Heat Check will be back on the show. In the meantime, if you want to chat with us, join the Discord. The link is in the description. We would love to see everybody over there. Appreciate you watching. Have a great Thursday. We'll see you tomorrow on the Sleepers Podcast. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.